fellow investigators and welcome back to our video podcast into the darkness where my friends and i play the call of cthulhu role-playing game i'm your host tom Rayleigh. the campaign is horror on the orient express it's available from chaosium i am the keeper of arcane lore and this is episode 57. our recap will be given by morgan llewellyn as his character dr gabriel neruda so without any further delays let's continue our journey into the darkness morgan thank you tom Taken from the research notes of Dr. Gabriel Neruda, February 2nd, 1923. As an object of worship, the Sidefkar simulacrum is rather peculiar in multiple respects. Humanity has, for the entirety of, exist of its existence, tried to make sense of itself, its purpose, and its place within the wider world slash cosmos. Simulare, pretending, simulation, a lacking mockery. To hold the simulacrum, now that we have assembled it as a holy relic, is, is to worship a twisted blasphemy of the human form. It is as though it asserts that the human flesh is uh, and mold is merely a clay thing, something made and discarded by a fickle child. Normally, human religion and religious artifacts center humanity, and so what does it mean to hold humanity's insignificance and fragility at the core of one's theology? Its curses, too, add to its uniqueness. Pilgrims often traveled great distances seeking blessings and boons from reliquaries. Why would one go to stand in the presence of the bones of a saint if one were to be plagued for the rest of one's life with pain and the corresponding limb as a result? The masochistic nature of interactions with the simulacrum sh shed light on the masochistic nature of the religious body that produced it and hold it in great reverence. The simulacrum forces one to confront the fragility of one's own body, the lack of control one has over it. At any moment, the body can be mutilated, severed. It can be bled, pained, or otherwise warped or destroyed. The cosmic forces at the heart of the simulacrum's theology do not preserve the self, the body, nor the world. They serve only decay. Anyone familiar with the expansion of cosmology in our modern age would not be surprised by such a nihilistic and amoral worldview developing in light of scientific discovery regarding the vast expanse of space. But the, simula but the simulacrum baffles us here as well, as it and its religions are not modern occurrences. The age of the thing makes it blasphemously anachronistic, both in terms of its abstractions and its physicality. What craft produced such a thing is utterly alien and unknown to us. My dear Clara, of course, would tell me that once again I have lost my head. Uh, her choice words for moments where she believes that I am over-intellectualizing everything around us. She may have been better suited for all this, kept a clearer head, found the best solutions rather than my bumbling and downable attempts to keep trying to study them. But she is safe from all this on the other side of the world. <sighs> when we went up into the hills, it was as we expected. Everything was still and dead. Whatever it was that the magician saw through his stolen eye had indeed wiped out all the members of the Brotherhood of the Skin, smashing their weapons and bodies long before we set foot near the growing wolf's bane. 
lost my head. Funny. In those caves was evidence of many before me who had lost their heads. Atop the skulls and severed heads sat the missing piece of the infernal simulacrum. Roland took the head. And I fear what the long-term effects that particular malignity will bring him. I would be remiss not to talk about my suspicions regarding a figure that has followed us across Europe. A stone gargoyle thing that I fear once answered to the name of Tilius Corvus. That old Roman who was bathed in blood under the gaze of the same simulacrum, the same head, all those millennia ago, and became what one can only describe as a proto-vampire. His spawn greeted us. Several of the policemen didn't make it. Though, this would not be the first time that Corvus has helped us, though, in his own way. The removal of our foes. But these blood-sucking corpses that burn at the touch of Wolfbane... It's, it's all far too much. Its motivations are beyond me. And now we are headed, heading, at long last, to Constantinople. To hopefully destroy the simulacrum once and for all. Though I have a feeling that Corvus is not done with us yet. That we will face him again before this is all over. To that end, I have pressed Wolfbane into a pocket bible. As that seemed the most fitting thing to have on hand, should this confrontation come to pass. All right. So you've you've boarded the train. You've settled into your rooms. Uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to keep the pieces ultimately apart. Um, you are, uh, if you recall from the uh, the way the train is laid out, you are in the Claudette uh, car, which is. The second to the last car on the train. Um, before that uh, car is uh, the Cote the uh, Salon. Then there's a couple more uh, sleeper cars. And then you have uh, the restaurant, uh, which is at Ile du Nord, the North Star. And then ahead of that, you have the kitchen and you have the uh, foregons where they store all of the the boxes and things like that. Ahead of that, then, is the train, the, the engine. So you guys are settled in uh, Claudette, um, right about in the middle of it. We'll say six, uh, five, uh, four, five, and six. Uh, those are both bunk bed rooms. Um but I, I think that you're fortunate. Whoever gets this gets the single doesn't have to share it with anybody. Um, nice. So you get on. Everything gets uh, it gets uh, put together. Everything gets underway. Um, you probably go in and dinner, um, which is very nice. Um, and in the middle of dinner, um, the uh, the chef du train. Uh, who you've just barely gotten to know, uh, he comes up and 
sort of uh, under his wing, he has a young fellow, uh, looks like he's maybe uh, 22, 23 years old, dressed in a blue uniform. And he says, uh, Messieurs, I am very happy to present uh, one of our newest uh, conductors. He uh, is going to be in charge of the uh, the salon, and uh, but he is in training. So please uh, bear with him. He is very well trained. He speaks five languages. Uh, he should be able to help you very well. Uh, this is Monsieur uh, Jean-Marie Peters. And you see this uh, bright young man who you realize has a vague resemblance to Henry Peters. Oh, Henri. <laughs> and he says, uh, uh, I, I can take your order. Uh, uh, and the recommend a wine. Oh well, uh, I would like a uh, a uh, gin and tonic. Very good, sir. And so he takes mm. all of your orders. Um, he has that bright enthusiasm of somebody who's really looking forward to serving on the Orient Express. So um, you now, you end up, you're, you're, I, I meant to mean, you've moved to the salon car where the mm -hmm. drinks and stuff are. And it's, uh, it's evening. Uh, and uh, there's a couple of other waiters in here who are also serving. Um, but uh, as the evening is going on, you know, people are leaving and going. And so you have a bit of privacy. The bartender is still there, and uh, and uh, Jean Marie is the last one, uh, still serving as long as there are people in the the car. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you guys are pretty much on your own. You're you're you can discuss what you're going to do. We will, of course, have to be subtle, bringing up the subject of young Jean Marie's family in the train industry. Uh, yeah. Before we do that, however. Tom, we are having some mic issues with you. Will you check connection? Yeah, hold on. Let me redo it. The crackling from beyond. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Starting to push through. How's that sound? A lot better. Better, better? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Mm, so. All right. So what would you guys like to do? So if I, uh, the scrolls, uh, they are kept in the, the museum there. Is, is that correct? What the coded message said, gentlemen? Yeah. So we have it in its entirety. Yeah. And you have one of the scrolls. And we yes. have well, one of the scrolls. Scroll of the head. 
Yeah, we have scroll to the head, but there's supposed to be a scroll for the other uh, portions. Right, and yes, Maya told us that those are in the museum. Yeah. But it is a matter of not only obtaining the scrolls, but don't we have to take it to... Uh... I guess the scrolls will tell us what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I mean... You think Smythe has actually seen these scrolls, or is he just theorizing that he knows what to do? This, I believe Smythe has not been in Constantinople for some time because of previous difficulties. Yeah. He may have seen one of them or read of them. Uh, my uh, implication to me so far is that um, there is probably some site of creation that is not within the walls of Constantinople, Istanbul itself, but we probably will learn uh, the specifics of destruction of the artifact from the scrolls. One would hope. Yeah. I wonder if uh, those islands that they went that they went to back the previous people in the 1890 i wonder if that that would be the place they seem to have drawn them there i mean there's the the island that they visited but there was also the uh monastic structure wherein the brother where they encountered the brotherhood of the skin no. I'm in the kind of a the enemy of my enemy situation. Um, yeah. The um, the sort of stronghold where they were that was just across the boss uh, the strait. Mm -hmm. So it's not in Constantinople, but it's across from it. Um, the islands are the the Prince Islands. Is that what they were? And they're right. kind of, they're kind of to the west of uh, Constantinople. And then um, there's the uh, the old the building where um, the Sedefkar himself was during the the Fourth Crusade. The Red Tower. Well, yes. Yeah. You should be able to figure out where that is, too. Hmm. Let's see. To, let's see. Looking back from our initial letter from Smythe, um, the rituals in the Sedefgar manuscripts, the scrolls, uh, to destroy the simulacrum, it needs to be done in the Perilli Kami, an abandoned mosque that uh, predates Islam and Christianity. A novel site, then. Is, yeah. Hmm. From my notes back on the very uh, January 6th, all those weeks ago. A few weeks ago.
Mm -hmm. Hmm. So we need to get these scrolls first, which uh, could be the uh, hard part. I, I don't know how well the museums in Constantinople are watched. Uh, if uh, if our journeys throughout Europe so far have not been the hard part, Gunter, I am gravely concerned. You guys have also noted along the way that because of some of your academic backgrounds, access to things in museums and libraries is a little easier. Yeah. As long as you present, present, you know, yourself in that manner. Right. Uh, the best foot forward, which is not always the most obvious, uh, given that we want to have unlimited access to five scrolls, I'm tempted to attempt larceny rather than give tip our hand by asking politely. But of course, that is a, a higher risk venture. Yeah, but I think the odds that the scrolls are watched by the our, our foes is uh, quite high. No, I think I don't if... believe that there's a scroll for each piece of the simulacrum. Mm. What makes you think that? Oh, I thought there was. Yeah, I, I thought there uh, was. There's scroll of the head, scroll of the body, scroll of the right hand, scroll of the left hand. Is there a scroll for each of the legs or just a scroll of the legs? Or does the oh. body count? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I do think you are correct there, Gabriel, that there was just a scroll of the leg. Hmm. Yeah, so four or five. It's a lot to ask for. It's a, it's a great deal of cooperation. And uh, I fear also time, as we are always being dogged by increasingly armed militants. That they... There's also the matter of the issue we had with the scroll of the head, which is that none of us have the linguistic skill necessary to read them. Yeah. If, if larceny is the first step, the second step is finding a discrete translator Yeah. for yeah. the old Turkish. Potentially, potentially multiple languages. It's, we don't know for certain. Well, if we, if the scrolls are there, and that would indicate the our adversaries are are not quite yet aware of their location. So otherwise, that they would they would have them then. Well, so I, I don't know how much our adversaries care about the scrolls. Well, if, if they've the... been passing down their uh, foul magical rites through uh, religious. Like a priesthood, yeah. Well, they they might they the might years. care they might care about the scrolls if they realize that their artifacts demise is buried within them. They want to protect their the artifact, and well, a better I mean, way to protect it than to destroy all knowledge of how to eliminate it. Well, we saw how much the. Uh... One guy cared about the scroll he was willing to murder. 
Well, the thing I would disagree with you, Theodore. You you say that if, if the the means for unmaking the simulacrum were in the scrolls, they would definitely destroy them. However, these scrolls probably contain all sorts of rites beyond that, making them the value to their religious practice far outweighs the. Oh, if if that's the case, then if it if it has knowledge beyond just the destruction, then. yeah. Well, I I, re I remember the scroll of the head spent a great deal of time talking about some pretty horrific oh, rituals. Yeah, they might want the scrolls not for the information of destruction, but for information of even more infamous rites that have been forgotten by the various splinters of the Brotherhood over time. So then that would indicate then that it would be important for them for other reasons also to acquire those scrolls. So as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Kurz, uh, time is perhaps of the essence here. Uh, not only because they bring heavier ordinance against us each time we meet, but because the longer we are in possession of these objects, the more thoroughly they will likely debilitate us. Yes, we are, we are <laughs> yes. about to plunge directly into the heart of their their, the, their operations, their, their sphere of influence has a, a center point, Constantinople. This is where they are based, according uh -huh. to the account of the Blood Red Fez. So we are not only are we, do they desperately want the simulacrum and the scrolls, but we're also to have to destroy the damn thing in their own backyard. Um, okay. Maybe the first thing we do in Constantinople is all get ourselves a nice, fresh, bright red fez so we don't stand out quite so much. That might be a good idea. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Remember, the scrolls might have uh, how to use the simulacrum. I mean, surely the people in the past didn't just figure it out without writing it down. Yeah, I don't believe that using it is a wise idea. Oh, I didn't know. Right. No, I mean, you know, I, I've grown fond, I hate to say it, I've grown fond of the torso, and I... It, I ache when it's not near me, but I, I don't want to see oh, more I, of my uh, will to it. I fear it is makes you ache all the time, regardless of whether whether or not you're near it. I know my my right leg has never has not been the same <laughs> since yeah. since I touched that simulacrum piece. Hopefully the scrolls will also help us cleanse ourselves of these symptoms, the corruption that is a result of interacting with the thing. Or you could cut out the arthritis, Dr. Chris. <laughs> yeah. If, if you recall from uh, some of your research, uh, yeah, the scrolls probably detail. They were written by Sedevkar, detailing what he learned about the thing. And there was also one of them, I think the head one was also prophecies uh, about him losing the thing. Yeah, He knew he was yeah. going to, to die and lose the simulacrum. 
And you are correct, Dr. Neruda. There is just a scroll of the legs, not one for each leg. So, mm. yeah. so there are four scrolls. We have the scroll of the head with us, and there are four that we need to obtain yeah. in Constantinople. Hey. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, Jean-Marie comes up and he says, is there anything else I can get for you this evening? It's yours. Uh, I would be quite delighted by another glass of this excellent wine. Oui, monsieur. Jean-Marie, uh, what drew you to uh, your career choice? Oh, <laughs> Well, it's something in my family. Uh, uh, my father and his father, uh, going back quite a ways, uh, all served on the Orient Express. Uh, I'm oh. from Belgium, you see. Oh. And uh, we've always prided ourselves in our, our ability to serve uh, because it's it's a good way to make the world a better place. Mm. Uh, it's, it's good to see that the... Uh family tradition passes down and that you're uh, happy with what you have found. You're very kind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm quite proud to serve. My, uh, my grandfather is a bit of a hero. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, back in the late 1800s, he rescued a woman and her child when fire got, got aboard the the mm. uh, the, uh, the Orient Express, <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, he lost his life. But uh, uh, it was oh. quite heroic, giving his life to save somebody on board the train, a passenger. Yes, sorry to hear, but you know, well, glad I barely knew my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand, yes, but yeah, he would be proud of what you've become. Yes, and I am. And it's a long tradition that we hope to keep going. How long have you... Is this your first... This is my first voyage. I have been in training on some of the lesser lines for the last three years. Hmm. Have you ever been on the Orient Express before? Um, no, actually. This is my first, my first time. Oh, well. Welcome aboard. I hope you have a very uh, restful night when you're off work. Well, <laughs> I'll sleep during the day, sir. Ah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, coffee? Uh, you seem to be in a, a detailed conversation. Uh, you don't sound like you want to go to bed immediately, but... Uh... What can I uh, co Coffee might agitate me. Uh, you know, I, just a, a re refill and uh, don't, don't skimp on the limes. Okay. Something sweet, dessert, confection. Yeah, a dessert would be nice. What, whatever oh. you think is the best dessert. Right. Give you something. Hmm. Jean Marie, remind me when we arrive in Constantinople. The uh, local time? Yes, sir. Uh, we arrive. I forget when we left. Uh, <laughs> we we left, left in the David. afternoon, right? Yeah. We were up all night and then, yeah, 
gathered our things and left. Uh, we arrive, well, it's night, uh, almost 20 hours. So uh, we're going to arrive in Constantinople at 11.24 a.m. tomorrow. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, convenient. Uh, and uh, as part of your training, do you recommend a hotel in Constantinople? Oh, well, the most famous one, of course, is our own hotel, the uh, the Petrus, I believe. Um, Agatha Christie made that one very famous. Pretty sure it's the oh. Petrus, yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's a very beautiful hotel. Uh, and it's connected to the uh, the uh, uh, company International de Wagon Lee, so all of your stuff can be just taken right there without any difficulty. Uh, Constantinople is a beautiful city, from what I've been told, very co cosmopolitan. Um, it's a hub where many different cultures come together. Oh, yes. Hmm. Do you know if the Petrus is near the uh, archaeological museum? Oh, there are quite a few archaeological museums. You probably mean... Uh, uh, the the one that's attached to the palace, the old Sultan Palace, um, top copy, the top copy museum. He wouldn't stutter. He would have this all memorized. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the top copy. It's not. It's not that far. Constantinople is a city you can pretty much walk through, um, except all the outskirts. It's it's quite large. It's also yeah. fairly congested, um, so trying to cross the bridge in the middle of the day won't be easy. Yeah. And you should also he he warns you be careful, you know, there, where there where there are lots and lots of people, there's always lots of crime as well. But if you stay with your group, don't go down any alleys. You'll you'll find people saying, "Come, come! I want you to see something." And don't. <laughs> yes, we have met uh, uncivil locals in the market previously. Uh, this is not the first leg of our journey. Uh, do you or the chef de train arrange rooms for us at the Petras? Uh, we can do that. Absolutely, yes, sir. I think that will simplify things, no, gentlemen? I agree. I think simplicity is uh, bliss sometimes. We will, uh, I can I can do that for you. He takes down the information. He says, I can set that up when we get to Silingrad, uh, which is technically our next stop. But it's just uh, like a five-minute stop or a ten-minute stop for water and stuff that they put on board. Ah, Excellent. In the middle of the night. Uh, yes, I can send that ahead and arrange that. I'll, I'll wink to Dabrowski to give him a good tip. And I'm biting my tongue not to say his grandfather's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is very good, gentlemen. Um, anything else? Uh, let me go get that dessert for you. Oh, thank you. And a Turkish coffee boot. Of course, Turkish coffee. Oh, um, 
Okay, so uh, now now you are technically all alone in the salon for a few moments. Mm. Uh, I yeah. assume we were discussing discreetly when we were not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you uh, did Smythe let us know where to meet him? Was he supposed to be there? I think. I know he's trying to get there. Well, I thought he was very concerned about going into the city. Yeah, yeah but we also learned he was taking a different northern route to the east. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't recall when or where he hoped to coincide, but he was traveling independently. I don't think he ever said anything. Yeah, okay. They're trying to be very careful about giving away any locations. If we encounter Smythe and Constantinople, well, I think it would be best to check for seams behind the ears. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, well put. Everybody do spot hiddens. Thirty-one. Ooh, that sounds good. That's Zero it. four. Ooh, even better. That's, a, that's an extreme. <laughs> Regular only. Sounds like we're going to give it to Gunter since he is sitting at that spot on the table. Mm -hmm. Um, Jean Marie didn't leave. He uh, mm -hmm. he walked away from you towards the uh, uh, what would be the uh, the sleeper car. Uh, going forward in the train, and uh, he has stopped. He's standing in the center of the aisle, um, just staring into the into the the doorway. Uh, and he suddenly he he turns sideways, and he says, "Yes, it it is rather hot." And he immediately starts to go to open up the window. Uh, Jean-Marie, Jean uh, who are you talking to? Oh, he doesn't respond. He's moving almost as if he's being physically controlled by something. Thursby, tackle him. Yeah, I agree with him that it is so hot in here. I'd love some fresh air, but it doesn't seem right. So I'll, <laughs> if I can, just do my best to stop him. Okay, give me a... a <laughs> Well, we're gonna it's gonna be an opposed role. Um we'll do luck. Luck, okay. Oh Why did we send in Thursday? No. <laughs> oh okay. Well I do have set sixty-eight points of luck currently, but I rolled the seventy-two, so Okay. That was so, not success. You're you get up out of your chair, you're moving towards him as he reaches and he unlatches the window and he lifts it up. And just a moment, suddenly there's people in the house. Mm. Uh, we'll give us time to arm ourselves as best we can. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's... Well, I, I need that gush of icy cold air in here. So, yeah, yeah, I thought you were going to help him open. Indeed. <laughs> he, he opens the window, and there's a blast of cold air that hits Whew. you, Theodore. feels so refreshing. But... As he does that, 
an arm from outside the train reaches in. It's a cold, gray-looking, claw-like hand. And it grabs him by the clothes, and it's going to attempt to pull him out the window. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> you can give it a shake. <laughs> you, can, you can try to grab a hold of... Uh, I'm, 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 I'm there. I, I was trying to stop him, so I should be close. So I'm yeah. going to go for intervention, interdiction. Okay. Go for brawl. And the rest of you, what are you doing now that you, you're seeing this? Uh, yeah, I want to help in the efforts to stop this kid from being uh, killed. So Come on! That's a fail, too. Okay. Um, 62 out of 45. Gabriel, you said you were going to jump up. You're trying to get there. Yeah. Um, you can do a luck roll. Anybody else? Um, yeah. I mean, you can't really all do it without stumbling. Oh, over 20, 22 is a uh, success on luck. Okay. It would be a hard success if that was a thing for luck. But uh, I'm going to say that almost effortlessly this claw lifts Jean-Marie off the ground and starts pulling him quickly towards the window and you grab a hold of his ankle and Jean-Marie is not struggling at all oh. it's almost as if he's limp uh, um, does the does the struggle mean that the hand is entirely outside the wagon or is it at, in the window yeah, we'll say it's in the window still, but he hasn't pulled. It doesn't even look like he's going to dip Jean-Marie down to get him through the window. He's just going to pull him back-breaking through. I I will attempt to use the Mimsahis to sever this limb. Okay, so you're going to leap forward. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and do a luck roll. I have less luck than Thursby, but my rolls are usually better. <laughs> so yes 38 for 48 okay I actually did pretty good too um, as you uh, uh, Dr. Gabriel you're pulling uh, Gunter what were you doing uh, I mean everyone else is kind of running at it I, if there was something I could throw at the arm I would do that like a dinner knife or fork or something okay um we'll say you're gonna throw a, well, a dinner knife okay okay um go ahead and throw the dinner knife <laughs> you hit poor roland <laughs> i will spend one point of luck to make that a success okay uh your knife actually hits the arm dead center and just chinks off like it was hitting stone damn <laughs> um, but after a moment before Roland can sort of climb over the booth to get to it uh, Dr. Neruda is pulling on it the thing just sort of throws the kid down and pulls back out the window Um, it it takes uh, it takes Jean Marie a couple of seconds to realize that something has happened. He's going to probably think he passed out because how is he on the floor and he doesn't remember 
anything. But that's for the moment. I mean, right now, something was outside that window. Do we take uh, sanity checks by any chance, or are we just kind of used to this by now? (laughs) No, you won't lose much. Weird crap, please. I passed. I passed also. If Uh-oh. if you if you pass, just take one. If you fail, take two. My days are hot tonight. And Dr. Naruti, you were close enough. Do a spot hidden. See if you saw what was out there. So the thing about 98, Tom, is yeah. that uh... <laughs> what you saw out that window were two glowing red eyes. You couldn't see what they were really attached to, and you did see them suddenly. But my, might have I gotten a, a look since I was like the first to respond to, you to try. try try to be there? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were there first. Okay. Oh, look at another failure! Isn't that that's a surprise? Yeah. You saw the same. You saw red <laughs> eyes. Something glowing out there. There was a thumb in the way somehow. Uh, Naruda, do you think this is the uh, inverted uh, walker that you have had visions of? The inverted walker, the gargoyle thing from the clock tower. It's. I, I. I think it's. I think it's Tilius. If the gargoyle Tilius wishes to injure young Peters, does that mean Peters is a danger? This is this is a thing because I I think he I if it's all if I'm connecting the events, it did kill. It has it doesn't it's no friend to the. Brotherhood of the Skin, but that doesn't mean that it's not hostile to us as well, as evident when its children attacked us in that cave. I wonder if it if it was birthed in front of the simulacrum and might want it for itself. And uh, some twisted... So tell me what you do immediately. Obsession. Shut the fucking window! <laughs> okay, you shut the window. Nice breeze, though. Do you continue to stand right there? Uh, do you no. pick up Jean-Marie? Uh, uh, I think Dabrowski has the most uh, uh, scale in uh, health, improving people's health. Dabrowski, make sure the young fellow's okay. And see if his skin is really his own. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to be, he's just shaken as if he'd passed out. He says, maybe my uniform is too tight. Uh, I am so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. No, it's uh, you're. It's okay. It's okay. Nerves can get the better of anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Dr. the first Dabrowski. time I tried to teach a class. Doctor Dabrowski to a power roll. Yes, that's. Mm, don't like that. <laughs> yeah, always good. Mm, no, I failed. Okay. Um. So you guys are all there. You're you're uh, picking Jean Marie up. Doctor Dabrowski has gone to examine him and make sure everything is okay. And oh. uh, uh, you you he he reaches out to take Jean Marie's hand, and 
you think that maybe he's feeling for a pulse. Uh, and then he he looks kind of blank for a second. And then Dorian says, yes, it, it is hot in here. Let me go open the window. And he starts to turn to open the same window. Dangling! Oh, right there. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, get, I'll try to stop him. And those of you who are standing right there, you can all do spot hiddens as well. There we go. Hey, look, I finally passed. I pass as well. 36 is a regular success. Yeah, the red eyes are back. There's something right outside the window. You can see a bit of glare on it. Uh, Dr. Neruda, you think that it might be your gargoyle thing? Yeah. Uh, And it's uh, at that particular moment, it was sort of doing this towards Dr. Neruda. I'm sorry, towards Dorian. As Dorian was walking towards the window. I had that wolfsbane that I pressed from the from the outside the cave Mm -hmm. into a little pocket Bible. So I want to take that out of my pocket and like press it up against the window. Okay. When you do that, the hand sort of pulls back, and for a moment you can see the red eyes and a mouth with substantial canine fangs. Um, and whatever it is moves up onto the roof of the train car and you can hear it skittering across the top of the train car. It's now going to the other end of the train of the salon that you guys are in. Now you're not welcome here. Yeah. Was it hanging on so it could keep up, or was it like it was hanging onto the train? Okay, right, yeah. yeah. If it was flying, yeah. So, so it, it for some reason it, it it doesn't seem like it can bash its way in. It it needs to control somebody to to open no, to invite is... it in. Theodore, yeah, have did... you ever read uh, Bram Stoker? Oh, are you suggesting it would be something? It needs to be invited in. I think the, the things that attacked us in that cave. Yeah. I think are this thing's progeny. And I can't help but view this thing as a vampire. Yeah. You you all suddenly hear a sound. It sounds like heavy canvas ripping. And the only thing that comes to your mind is that the connection between the trains is shielded from the outside by a heavy canvas thing. You pass through it when you're going. Uh, How? I'm trying to remember the order of train cars. It's Okay, car, so, if he's disconnecting us uh well that would be a big metal thing this yeah uh it, what your guess is uh let's see claudette your car is on one side of this uh uh salon and then bridgette is on the other side so it sounds like he's tearing he's his tearing. way in between claudette between uh the blue side the, okay, the lounge so this is how he's, he's he's breaking into the little vestibule that you'd use to get between the right cars. okay okay and you can see there's a window you know in the in the door 
you can see mm-hmm. it come inside. Oh, and geez. it it takes it a second, but it suddenly flings the door open. <laughs> and what you see is is what looks like an extremely emaciated, gray-skinned sort of man. Uh, he's dressed in, uh, it looks like he dressed himself with things that he found, but there's also the remnants of very old, torn clothing. Uh, maybe even like a little bit of a flash of blue silk in there somewhere his face is almost a caricature uh you can see why you thought gargoyle because it's very sunken in you can see all the bone ridges and everything and he almost doesn't have lips his lips are very thin and pulled back and you can see all of the gum line going across and these big fangs and he he steps into the room and glares at you with his red eyes. And he's like, he's like, now I wish to reclaim that which is mine. It's, it was, it's not yours, Tilius, and it never was. It is mine. And I will take it back now that you have found all of the pieces for me. Mon image. I want it back now. And he starts to move towards you very menacingly with very long claws and, and sharp. Mm-hmm. He says, and I cannot allow you to live now that you know the truth. Okay, well, I, I think... Well, and you're, you're muted. Naruto, do you want to put a little wolfsbane in the cannon before he fires? I'm not entirely sure that's going to work. Uh, well, I think, do you have the uh, that particular heart-shaped gem on you, Roland? Always. In its, in its cloth. He has enough hate already, no? He is going to leap forward and make a oh. move. Okay, I will... <laughs> if, he, fire. If, he clo- if he tries to close, I will put it around it. Yeah. You know, figuring he it won't looks- do much, but it might... He he looks like a yeah kind of a rabbit animal at this point the way he looks at you. Yeah. Uh, you fire. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Shoot, uh, roll for shooting him or for uh, yeah, or, firing. Ordinarily, I, I would not. You're also it. in a very enclosed space, and it's not that far. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. close up. Okay. Thirty-five. Thirty-five is exactly half. So that is a hard. So I will say that when you fire, uh, your bullet hits him maybe right here. Um, there's definitely sort of a puff of dust, you know, from it hitting his clothes. And he recoils like this, but he doesn't go down. Uh, and it, you know, it singes or burns some of the cloth away. And as you're looking at him within a couple of seconds, you can see that hole just close right back up again. All righty. Well, we have established that that's not going to work. He's going to leap forward at you. Uh, uh, do you want to try to dodge or 
He's very uh, fast, preternaturally fast. Oh yeah, He's sure. Going yeah, for yeah. Thursby. Yeah. yeah, I will. I will attempt to dodge, and do a Captain Kirk arrow roll in the direction of. Well, <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a pretty tight spot. Yeah. Ooh, oh, there's there's a nice. That's a hard dot. Twenty three. Okay. Okay. Um, you don't quite dodge, but uh, he doesn't latch onto you. Uh, <laughs> he gets mostly your clothes as he's as he yanks you towards him, but uh, you're not getting hit. What are the rest of you going to do? I Dr. want to, as he's grabbing Neruda, as he's grabbing uh, Thursby, I want to start pressing that the my book with the wolf spain in it. And... Okay. Okay, yeah. go ahead and, and go for uh, just a brawl. Dr. Ruland, you can be, be next. Oh, no, an 85. That's nowhere close. Okay. Oh, do a luck roll as well. Sounds good. 94. <laughs> oh, okay. So as you push that against him, the book, um, he does react to it, but his reaction is like a quick flick of his arm. He knocks the book out of your hands and across the room. Um, and he looks at you like he is going to get you by the throat. Uh, Dr. Kurz, what do you do? So I uh, I had have, the I had the Nimsahis ready before, yeah. but yeah. now I pull out also the amethyst heart in its cloth because I fear its touch. And I, yes, that's very one. And I press it, I, I aim it, I press it toward him. Okay. Um, uh, once again, do a brawl. You're trying to hit him. My best skill after all. <laughs> okay, I can make a regular with only three points of luck. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, regular. Uh, yeah, he he's busy to, with two others, so he got a ninety-nine. Uh, uh -huh. you you press that gem up against his skin, and the gem lights up. It uh, it suddenly is giving off quite a, a flash of red light, and when it does, the place where you touched him bursts into flame. And his reaction to that is he lets go of all of you. He leaps back into the car, you know, away from you and sort of does this. And he just gets this look like, I am going to fucking kill you and mm. smashes through a window and goes out. You're suddenly alone again. Uh, I scramble for my book back. <laughs> okay. uh, I grab the tatters of my vest and put them back on. I'll have yeah. to get a tailor on board to fix this. <laughs> Dirty, rotten. Thank you for thinking quickly, Naruda. I have become so attached to the Nimsahis. I forget that we have faced another demon of hatred in the past. No, um, this is that uh, Henri's grandson made me remember Mimi and what happened um, there? 
speaking of which, Jean Marie is probably a little traumatized at this point. He doesn't know, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Uh, but he sort of backed into the a booth. Okay. If you guys are sort of being protective. And he's like, Mon Dieu, what is this? Uh, hard to explain. Uh, Suffice it to say that we have read of the exploits of your grandfather, Henri, and it was more than a fire that he faced those many years ago. Uh, perhaps you should bring uh, something you can share with us after you call attendance, of course, for the window and the awning and whatnot. Uh, what shall we say burst through? Uh, uh, bandit. Uh, and it's it? not a train robber. I think it's just uh is the is the weather bad outside or is it it's cold, it's probably snowy. But but um Jean Marie will have caught a glimpse of a humanoidish figure going oh. through here. Jean Marie will have to learn something of the truth, but uh, the rest of the train must remain in ignorance, yes. Oh definitely. Uh, what if there was a uh, a fugitive on the train? There we go. Fugitive. I like that. Because the glass went broken outward. We yes. can't say a rock fell in. A violent fugitive. We recognized a uh, criminal from a description at the train station. He was skulking around, and when he was confronted, the, Mr. Thursby is a famous hunter. The fellow terrified threw himself out the window you can of course jean marie improve the story in whatever way you think will be convincing to the chef to try and i have this hold on i, I don't think that thing is going to give up so lightly where the hell did it go if it could compel us to open the window for it there's a train full of sleeping people yep and it can also maybe if it detects where the pieces are, it might just bypass us and go straight for our quarters. Well, it wants us dead, it said. Um, we know too much. But that's a good point. Perhaps we should uh, make haste to our uh, quarters to make sure they're safe. We. See, yeah. Oh, we have Spanish. <laughs> yeah, on the lay. We are. We have put the pieces in our room. We took them out from the foregones. We've been quite protective of them. So yeah, if we go to our rooms, then they can't get us. It can't get us and the pieces. Also, Thursby and I could um, check the roof of the train. Uh, with his. I wouldn't confront that thing in a place where uh, it's just so it's just so fast. If it knocks yeah. that jewel or the memsahis yeah, off into the true. snow, we'll never find them again. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot we have that can combat it. We need if we're going to if we're going to confront this thing, it needs to be in the confines. I think of the train. Yeah, out the outdoors, its maneuverability is too much for us. Yeah, we think it can more or less fly after all, so you're right. 
So we so, have to take shifts overnight? Yeah, yes. secure the pieces, retire to our room, and make sure that Jean-Marie is okay. He, he, Jean-Marie is not bleeding, or is he? Is, I've, no, I've got but he is, he is quite white and shaken. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll go to the bar, pour him a drink. <laughs> uh, he's like, I, I must alert the, the staff. But I'm not sure what I'm going to tell them. Tell them that you found the window broken. He so, he he's kind of dazed. He doesn't quite yeah. know. Um, what are you immediately doing? I Obviously think stuff is in your rooms, and yeah, yeah that's, I'm, that's, I'm that's where we're going. That and I want to see if this kid. Follows us. Is uh, report can wait because if he goes because if we go this way and he goes that way, I'm not worried. I'm worried about his survival. If you guys want him to stay with you at this point, he's compliant. Okay, he's, he's yeah, going to stay with us you. for now. All right. Um, so, are you you're going to go back to your rooms? Are you going? To, you've got three rooms. Mm-hmm. Yes. Connecting doors at all? Uh, let me check. We've got there adjacent, right? Uh, you have, I said, four, five, and six. Yep. Four is by itself. Five and six have a an interconnecting restroom. So what if we move so, all the pieces into that interconnecting restroom? Yeah. Um, there we go. We'll make that our element. Yeah, and since Bloch, we gave him the single room because he sleeps with the torso and uh-huh. you know, privacy, but he can stay in the connecting bathroom with the torso, and then the other four of us can stay in our bunks, and we will set up a watch. I don't think it knew where on the train we were. I don't know why I think that. I don't know. I, I would disagree with that, Roland, if my you mentioned is this thing the thing I saw in my dreams and it came right into our rooms yeah so in that case I watched myself sleep through its eyes okay so you leave you leave uh, the salon and you go right into Claudette it's literally the next car Um, you get to four, five, and six you're going to move everything out of four yes yeah all right Five and six and have the adjoining. They have the adjoining bathroom, so they, they're connected. Yeah. Okay. Um, although I'm not going to play this into it, but I think they're designed so that when you open up one door, the other one's locked. So that you can't accidentally right. walk on somebody. Well, that was part of the, the restroom. That was part of the appeal for me of bringing it in there. We only have if we bring them into the interconnecting bathroom, we have one room to watch. Okay. Yeah. And there's so no way that busts, uh, starts busting that other door down. Yeah. There's uh, no way that creature with amazing strength right. could bust one of those doors. But down. Yeah. Just, it's not going to bust through it immediately. And that's they're the thing. made of <laughs> pine. <laughs> they're probably made of oak, but yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to say you're all you're in five and six. Mm-hmm. And you you're taking all the pieces and putting them in the restroom. We, oh. okay. Um, considerately spaced though, not touching. All right. So, 
we'll say, what are you going to do once you're inside there? You've now, and you've got the Jean, Jean uh, Marie with you. Uh, are you a praying man, Jean Marie? Oh, we miss you. Catholic? Oh, uh, yeah, he's Catholic. He'll okay, so. He'll do the praying. Yeah, Neruda with uh, the background in Catholicism. To try to call John Marie down, I'll start going through like um, the prayers. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, how? What are you going to do? Are uh, well, you tell me uh, how are you going to prevent that thing from getting in, or are you? <laughs> The fact that it can tear its way in between the cars and get it inside, I don't know how in hell we would be able to prevent it. We well, we could slow it. We we might as well put, uh, we could barricade the doors if there's like, you know, anything like put a bar through the latch. Or, if, if anything, I don't know if you want to pre prevent it from getting in. We should think of a way of preventing it from getting out. Well, like trapping it in one of the rooms once it gets in. Because it, I mean, we, Roland, we have a drove weapon. it off with the with the with the ruby, but it escaped outside. We need to somehow trap it to where it can't get away from that ruby. Yeah, did the uh, did the flame continue to burn before it threw itself out the window? Or was it as uh, no? He he kind of put it out when he yeah. did. Yeah. And can... you you can do a spot hidden on that. We could somehow wrap him in Ooh. it. With... Uh, that's a zero five. I see whatever it is to see. Nice. You saw his clothes burn. You saw his skin blister, but you didn't see his skin heal itself. Oh, not like not with not with not with that. And like the gunshot, yeah, right, yeah, because the thing is powered by hatred, and so is the jewel. It is not immune. Yeah, so maybe uh, we take turns waiting with the pieces of the simulacrum in the washroom in between. And how and the are the windows opened? Are they like? latch and lift up or... the windows the windows in all of the rooms have a lower latch that okay. only opens up about that much looking and for a way to kind of latch it to where it's hard for us to open it also because he was able to cloud men's minds yeah if you had a if you had a, a bar or a piece of wood or something that you could push against the bottom of the, the window frame and let lodge it up against the top, it wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be able to lift it. And the people whose minds are clouded do not seem to be very mentally competent. Yeah. Also, I assume the thing can't break in. I, I don't know how strong the thing is, but it went out a window, not a wall. It tore the yeah. canvas, not the face of the... And I assume the Metal. window in the washroom is too small for a person to pass through. There is actually no window in the restroom. No, yeah. So with yeah. pieces and the heart in there, I don't know that he would even dare attack. 
He would have to corner himself. It's it could be desperate. Um, yeah, he's not been so desperate that he wouldn't wait and watch for us to collect all the pieces. If we could somehow get get one of us on one of its arms and one of us on another arm, then the third one of us could just ram the that item right into it. And I don't think it it's a matter of us holding on to it. I I. I don't think we... we'd have to really subdue the thing. I think we'd take all. Of it. I I have a feeling that it's going to be if we can corner it in a sense between the book, which it doesn't seem it doesn't like the wolf's bane, like it's children. Yeah, and it doesn't like the jewels. So I wonder between those two things, if we can somehow corner it. I'd like you all to do spot hiddens. Mm. Uh oh. Yeah. It's just been sitting there with this funnel up against the train. Hmm? Yeah. Overhearing the plans. <laughs> Listening. That is. That's 48 is a regular success. I have. I'll go, I'll go next turn. I also. But who passed? Raise your hand. No? Wow. You all did. Okay. I guess it's kind of obvious, but uh, you can all do sanity rolls. Uh, those of you who passed because and and just take one if you fail but in that instant uh, you look over and you notice that it is outside of we'll say five uh, out outside on the outside of the train looking in the window and it's just it's watching you and it's kind of got a a scary shitty smile on its face that you know looks like the, the man with the giant mouth face it's looking at you and it says i've left you a present outside your cabin if you do not give me the simulacrum i will kill one passenger every hour and then moves off oh. how many hours to uh to stand or uh, constantinople we'll say well yeah you've got until eleven twenty-four tomorrow There's 16 at least we've been on the train for a few hours and it's currently we'll say about 1 a.m maybe 1 30. Yeah, I, I don't think this is a matter of negotiating. It's a matter of we have to entice it to attack. You also yeah. left your present outside your cabin. I have a feeling I know what it is. Mm -hmm. Outside of our cabin. Yeah, you open the door. It's probably in the hallway ahead. Well, he's, yeah, the second he is there, like, and he mentions that. I'll go to the door because I don't think he can be in two places at one time. So, okay. All right. So I'll open the door. Okay. With, there with, is a, a burlap bag. Oh um, Lord. Sitting there. Uh, you can see that it's got dark stains on it. 
and there is something oh, about like that size uh, in the bag. That's not good. Throw it out the do, window. Do grab it. Pull it in. Uh, no, I don't want to pull it into our. Are there? Is there anyone running around in the car outside? No, everybody's. Most people are asleep on the train right now. It's the middle of the the night. I should throw it out the. Uh, throw it out. No, I don't pull it in our room. I don't want okay. like some dead body part in there. Can I just take a look in the bag real quickly? Sure. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be uh, dismembered something, some poor well, person. What are you thinking? You're thinking a dismembered? I have 20 francs on the chef to trend's head. Yeah. Passenger or uh, Doctor, or... I mean, uh, Theodore, uh, you open up the bag and you look inside. Do a spot hidden for me. Spot hidden first is, ooh, that's a success. It's a standard success, though. Okay. You look in the lighting, the the general decay. You know that it's a human head, mm. uh, but it takes you maybe a second glance to realize that it is the human head of Dr. Edison. Oh, geez, Dr. Edison. You can, do, you can do a sanity roll. Oh, my God. And and I, 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 I say that out loud, like, Dr. Edison, my God. Yes, you probably like, reeled back. Oh, geez, no. Oh, it's, it's, it's a fail. Wow. Do a 1D, 1D, 1D4. 1D4, okay. Oops. Here we go. Ouch. Two. Okay. Yeah, despite your general strength, you reel back in horror and probably yell quite loudly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good God. Good. He, he's, it's Dr. York. He somehow tracked him down because he's dead. What? Yeah, I just sort of tossed the bag into the farther away from the door and stumbled back into the door, closing it. You can all do sanity rolls once you hear yeah. that. Yeah. I owe you 20 francs, Thursby. Yeah. Fail. <laughs> this is why gambling is wrong, Dr. Bruno. Um, 19 <laughs> is a pass for sanity. So one point okay. for pass. You just take I one point. Yeah. Oh, man. And fail. for a fail? Uh, take a couple points. Okay. How would, what, what is this? Dr. Edison made it out free and clear to France. Like what? No, this thing, this thing, Bacia, which is where we parted from afterwards. We parted from York. So, yeah, he was there. This thing was there that night. We had hoped to hear. York was, uh, wouldn't have been too difficult for it to follow. We had hoped to hear from York and Cavallaro, and we did not but we assumed that they were merely in hiding in London. Mm -hmm. Instead, they died probably gruesomely as they were no longer assisting on his quest to recover the simulacrum. So we need, if it, how do we convince it? 
we need some kind of uh I'm trying to think of the right word. Trojan horse isn't right, but we somehow yeah. need to convince it that we're giving it the pieces, I think. But in actuality, we're leading it to its demise. Yeah, we want some sort of trap. But it's so like, so okay, we'll more... give it to you. They're in this car. Come get it. Like, what do we, how do we get it to I, where I we just, can attack it? I, I don't see how we can apply that stone, which causes him to burst into flames. Even when he touched it, it was a small area. So in order to kill him, he, we would have to apply that thing to him for all. No, we just we need to long. We need to prevent him from escaping. I don't think it's a matter of once that thing's touching him. I don't know what what he can really do about it other than flee. Yeah. So if we get him in a room, see, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. We we have to somehow subdue him because otherwise, if he's in a small room. And there's a rock, it, that stone, I mean, it's still, he still can just stand away from it. So we have to be somehow continually applying it to him. Well, he doesn't like the stone and he doesn't like the wolfsbane. Yeah. And he can't transmigrate through hard materials, but he's also better informed, much longer alive than we are. Mm -hmm. I, I fear, I fear. Uh, Thursby, if you try to subdue it with your body, you're only going to get broken. Oh I, oh, I agree. I'm just saying that I don't know how to, like, in a small room where he's trapped, how he's not going to willingly hug this this thing, which causes him immense pain and to burst into fire. So he'll just simply avoid it. So, so somehow we have to apply it to him to where he cannot get away from it being applied to him. And I can't think of anything other than forcing it on him. I mean, unless we can wrap him somehow in it. I have two but, ideas, both of which are terrible. Uh, one is that I have never attempted to press the heart against any piece of the simulacrum. They, of course, appear to be completely solid, and yet we know they can be worn. So they are capable of holding things. Perhaps we put the heart in the torso. We reach the torso out through a window at him. He presses it into himself and bursts into flame. The other idea, which is probably even worse, is that someone puts the armor on. I think that the simulacrum when worn is stronger than Tilius Corvus. But then we probably have to find a way to kill whoever puts the armor on. I don't think we would be capable of taking it off. I think it is too corrupting. Yeah. Hmm. Now, as a preliminary test, I can just see if the I can press the heart against one of the arms and see if it just clicks and does nothing. Oh, and then oh. we could eliminate that thesis. Can the knife, Dr. Kurz, that can cut through virtually anything, could cut, if we could cut a piece of them off and then incinerate that piece? Yeah. I'm just 
I'm just thinking like, I know we would be injured, but we might be able, I don't know, we, it, it, it might be worth a shot. I think it's going to boil down to, we're going to have to be in very close proximity with it. I, I, I can't think of a way to get the creature and that stone to be intimately close together to a lethal capacities for long durations, enough for it to to really work. What if we... This might sound... We're talking about terrible ideas. What if we just invited him inside? Mm. To, to what end? To these, these, these rooms are very small. Yeah. We have a room where we've removed the pieces and we tell him that it's in that bathroom, not the actual bathroom where it's in. Do we invite him if to four? Get him, if we get him into four... I mean, what yeah. We, I don't know. Uh, a combination of ideas in this regard is one of us takes the heart. Mm -hmm. So what if? Okay, so what if we we faked the surrender? We were thoroughly freaked out that he's given us our friend's head, and we said, "Okay, it's in." It's like we open a window and we call out, "Hey, like Tilius." Um, don't kill anyone. We give up. And we say that it's in that bathroom. And when he goes to get the pieces, but he doesn't he doesn't find the pieces, he finds Roland with the heart and me at the door behind him with the book. Actually, I should bear the Nimsahis because it has been teaching me how to use it, and anyone can bear the heart. Is 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 and we and we we wedge a stick in the wind like we wedge that window of four shut so we can't get through it easily. If yes. if he is vampire-ish or esque, the what about the sun? What about sunlight? We have never seen this figure in the daylight. Yeah, but maybe if we not... could if we could trap him long enough in the room just knowing that we could release him come the sunrise we that could put him in a the in a tremendous is an awfully long time from now and yeah. trapping something very strong About five hours five hours so, uh, so also we could um we could tell him that if he doesn't back off we will simply destroy the he might not know that it is impregnable. Say we will smash it to pieces and he will never get it. I don't know how we get this message to him. It seems as though he choose, chooses our communication. Yeah, we at the clock tower when I saw him, it... It was during the day, but the sun was it was cloud covered. It was raining. Oh yeah. And uh, so we could we could wait till daylight, but if the clouds don't cooperate, um Yeah, and he would all he would know his weakness and he wouldn't stick around till the morning. So we we 
we have to somehow trap if him we, for duration. We can't. We have to deal with him. Yeah, we we have to. He will because if the us. sun, yeah, if the sun hurts him, he obviously knows it, and he won't stick around till then. So the only way to bring that into play is to somehow trap him. So, if we could we put the piece, if we could put the pieces in a three foot thick safe and push him into it, and then slam the door, we could trap him. Other than that, I do not see him being trapped so much as beating us to death and tearing off our limbs. This may sound. We have only one advantage over him, which is clearly we have better information, which is why he has been following us and letting us do all the work for him. He doesn't have the background. He hasn't read the texts we have read. He had never met the blood red fez, perhaps. He certainly didn't have Smythe working for him. So it's a matter of knowing what he doesn't know, perhaps. How, how close are we to the storage car? They're in the uh, front. Yeah, you'd have to go through uh, Bridget and Amelie, through the restaurant, then you'd be to the storage cars. Uh, I'm just trying to, like, they, there's there's no chance that we're carrying a coffin on board or maybe a, maybe large luggage, like a steamer trunk. Oh, a steamer trunk. We've got there steamer trunks. Probably there, lots too. of steamer trunks and large things. I don't think a steamer trunk is going to stop him. Well, yeah, but if we could somehow get him in there, close it, and then just apply the weaken him just something I, i'm just trying to brainstorm well, I, ideas I, I, out of i don't think i don't think it's a matter of trapping him until the sun comes up i think it's a matter of destroying him so if we get him if we can get him to a box we can drive a wooden stake through its heart or yeah burn it with the gem or burn it with the wolf's bane um yeah 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 i don't know I we like can it. keeping it in place yeah for, no. for a prolonged period of time doesn't make sense to me when we have means to damage it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was just thinking the, the sun would be all-encompassing. He couldn't get away from it easily. That could kill him, whereas the, the stone seems to be like, ow, it's hurting me. He flicks it off of him, and then he kind of recovers. That, that could be... But anyway, yeah, I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I would maybe just all wooden stakes, the stone, the book, uh, garlic, garlic. Ah, there will be garlic in the kitchen, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, garlic, garlic on the bullet. Now, nah, now nah, the bullets that would just burn it off when I fire. Never mind. Darn. Garlic. Do they? Oh, God. Uh... I know werewolves don't like silver. Do vampires like silver? <laughs> I we, mean, we could try everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't read uh, Bram Stoker. It has close that close, so I can't remember. And besides, well, Dorian can I would roll, know. Can, from... I, can I roll a cult? <laughs> sure. Yes. What do we have against vampires? 
Okay, 38 is a hard success on a gold for me. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure about the silver. The silver is in a lot of modern stuff, they say, but silver is definitely werewolf. Um, but wolfsbane, garlic, uh, sunlight, a stake through the heart, fire. All and of yet, those things will work. Cutting off their head, that's also one that usually works. At the same time, well, and the Memsihis is good for that. Again, if we could even slow him. But also the myths say that he can't travel over running water, uh, for example, the vampire. Yeah, that's probably, he's obviously been able to do that. Yeah, he hasn't been traveling around in his native soil in a casket. So we don't know which of the supposed rules are in play. He but, didn't seem to feel compelled to count the poppy seeds that were on the muffins down the yeah. end of the train. Or <laughs> like I, I wonder. I, I still think. I mean, we say some of those. Some of those are definitely not true. But the one about the plant. I mean, he doesn't like this plant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So garlic might still be okay. Yeah. And I. We only have we have the wolfsbane, the ruby, and the memsahis. I don't, if we could somehow fashion, well, actually, somehow that's, uh, it'd be very easy to take some of the wood that makes this train and make some wooden stakes for yeah two and some garlic. Yeah, I'll take some garlic and smear my two so hunting knives with it. Jean, mm -hmm. uh, Jean Marie, if there were like wooden boxes that have garlic in the kitchen, if you brought one of those, we could turn the box into steaks and use the garlic without damaging Wait, the train itself. You you want me to go out there? I I'll, I'll go with you. Don't you don't have to go out there. I, I'll, uh, I'll go with you as well. <laughs> what are the chances of this vampire actually having its place of rest, maybe its soil or coffin or whatever, on board this train? I don't know if it need, I mean, it's been following us. I think we yeah, have a very difficult to, time buying it, a ticket and therefore checking a bag. Yes. Uh, but but it's got to deal with the sunlight, though. Uh, How's it dealing? Idea roll. Unless it compels somebody to take the box. Uh, yeah, the you don't need to make yeah. the roll now. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna, we should I'm... check the storage car <laughs> to yeah. see. Okay. Yeah, Theodore, you're on garlic, something. Garlic first, right? On my hunting knives, mm -hmm. and then and then we go hunting. Let's yeah. go. Let's go we, do it. We pass through dining on the way to the foregone. Mm -hmm. We stay together. We should not leave Jean Marie, who would be a very good kidnap yeah, victim. Yeah, we can't leave Jean Marie, and we can't leave the the pieces behind. Uh, yeah, this is correct. So I stay in the back. You stay with the, the Ruby to protect it. Yeah. I will lead them with the book. Because um, we're right next to the salon car, and the salon car has garlic in it. We should hopefully be able to increase our capacities of defense. I think you might only find olives there. Oh. I was going to say, is there, a, kitchen. is there a drink? Did you put a clove of garlic in? I don't know. There should be, but I have not had this. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just going to Google cocktails with garlic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have garlic. To, and... we'll have to get the year that they were done. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That sounds January. like a harsh thing to be in a in no, a nineteen twenty three. The garlic gin cocktail. The desperado <laughs> vampire killer martini. Um that's that's literally what I came up. That's really funny. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's too bad you're not Italians. Yeah. Oh, I got like, garlic impervious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that no offense. That's just yeah. I like garlic. I yes, there definitely will be garlic in that. So there okay. there is the dining car with the with the kitchen. That's um that's two cars down. Yeah. It's Wait, on the it's way. Already, it's now it's three cars down from where it's it on the way to the uh to to yes. storage and the four yeah. lo- foregone. So and... We're going the right direction. We just need to make sure that yeah. he does not come in and kill us all before we can get to the garlic. That's so everybody I do think... a listen roll. Oh god. Uh, twelve. Ooh. Fifty eight promising. Twelve is a hard success. Eighty two. Fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fifty-eight. Those of you who pass, you you hear something. It's in the hallway, in the the corridor. Um, it sounds almost like a growling, uh, like. Well, I mean, you've been to the zoo. It sounds like one of the big cats, um, like a, a, a cat, a big cat, sort of. You know, that sort of, they don't purr, they sort of make that sound. You can sort of hear its footfalls, but they're very soft, moving towards your door. And then there's a sound, almost as if that's transforming into something else. And then you hear scratching on your door. Oh, God. Have you considered my offer, or shall I kill this man? I have How the... about Tilius? We hold off on your insane games for a moment and talk about this like reasonable gentleman. Then just open the door. Uh, how about you leave the train and leave that man behind or be begin destroying the simulacrum piece by piece? First, I will shatter the left leg. And then 20 minutes later, I will shatter the right leg. Maybe I will use this blade you, of ancient you, days to slice it to pieces. You, you wouldn't dare do such a thing. It is not sacred to me, Corvus. Corvus. It definitely goes quiet all of a sudden. Like... It's thinking. My Is friend... there like, like a like peephole in the door that? No. no okay. There's a human inside you, Corvus. Although do you may not, not remember. Do not damage the simulacrum. I will let this man go. All I want now is, is my effigy, my image. The Marginie del Diavolo, the statue. We have not yet conjoined the statue. Uh, we will meet you in Constantinople. No. If you, if you interfere further, I will begin destroying it piece by piece. I will wait no longer. Uh, bring me the leg. 
Open the window. Right away. I have make I have noise and stuff. <laughs> okay. If you said that, uh, there is suddenly a scrambling sound outside the the corridor, and you can hear something on the roof of mm. the thing moving towards your windows. Again, this is where I think if we can get it inside, we can kill it. You have to invite it inside, and then we have to fight it. What else are we to do? Maybe we, we meet it at the window with the heart, and we singe it again. Yeah, yeah, we can keep it out with the book and the heart, and I can uh, rush as fast well, as I we, can. What do we do with it if it in anger starts butchering everybody else on this train? I feel like we got some fear out of it there. He clearly does not know that we do not know how to destroy it. Mm -hmm. But it's impatient. Dvorsky, does it have enough human psychology that you could understand it's the way it paused then? Who, who knows? Maybe. Uh, Dorian, to a psychology. Let's put that my uh, usefulness to test. Um, I will spend uh, one luck to pass. Okay. You surmise that it may have not heard its name in 1700 years. As far as it's concerned, it's Janivar. Mm -hmm. But maybe by reminding it who it is, you might gain a little bit of distraction. It'll be confused. But you got to do that at the right moment. Don't waste that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, at this point, it climbs down. It's it's upside down. It's coming up and over the top, and it's now hanging in your window while looking through yeah. your window upside down. Do not destroy it. It is vital. So is this heart, Corvus? Press toward the window. It uh, it backs away from it. Now what's interesting? Uh oh, what happened? You moved. Sorry, that I'll was me. You, I'll put you back. And just mark the time. Sorry about that. Um, you put it near the window, and the closer you get to the window. Uh, the more it sort of brightens up. Uh, the glass is between you and, and it. But you also notice that it's dark outside. And the darker it is near the heart, the brighter the heart shines. So he he pulls back from the window, but he realizes you can't touch him with it because the window's there. And he's like, what? What is that? Says, keep it away. Anybody hmm. got an idea? It's... I like that. I mean, it can't come in against this glow. It's keeping it at bay, but we have a terrible stalemate here. So... Yeah. It's, it's a process that the simulacron's going through. It's all turning into that piece by piece. 
Do not think that I will not tear this train apart and kill everyone on board. You have murdered our friends, threatened our lives, promised us our deaths. Why should we not take from you what you so desire? Should I start with the left leg or the right? Uh, he just starts growling, and you can actually see a transformation in his face when he does it, almost as like there's an animal inside trying to get out. He seems to be able to change shape. Yeah, big cat in the hallway. Yeah. You also kind of notice there's, on his, on the edges of him, there is kind of an ephemeral purple mist that hangs around him as if he can transform into that as well. Everybody do a Jeez. We'll 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 go with uh it's memory. Um uh, idea it's an idea. It's intelligence role. Oh, um thirty-seven is a hard success on the dot. Fourteen's an extreme. Okay. Um so those of you who passed you kind of remember that purple mist. You were surrounded by purple mist when you were in France in the yeah, in the basement. in Genovar's basement. Oh, he was waiting down there. And Gunter, yeah, you remember it tried to choke you all to death. Yeah. And then it realized we were useful. You also remember that Katari, the little girl said that she saw a scary man outside of her second-story window. Mm, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he didn't leave his estate. So the question is, was he also, was he the leper as well? Thank you, Has Ben. Ben that was uh, Brother, Brother Merovac. Yeah. Well, now that you say that, mm -hmm. looking at him, he's not just emaciated. If it wasn't for the fact that he's 1,700 years old and very sort of sunken in his skeletal, the condition of his skin looks like leprosy as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's always been Tilius. Mm. How did Sedefgar get a hold of it? Did he find it in that cave? Maravak worked awfully hard to get it from Sedefkar. Well, now we know it's Tilius worked awfully hard manipulating those knights to get it from Sedefkar. But where did Sedefkar get a hold of it? Well, maybe this is speculation for another time. We have more precious <laughs> problems. Yeah, uh, imminent doom. <laughs> um, feel, feel free to ask him, Neruda. Uh, he's he's looking angry and impatient, and it looks like he's about to run away again. I, um, uh, doc, doctor, oh. I, I just wanted to ask, Dr. Roland, are you doing anything else? You've got that stone in your hand. You can feel the hatred sort of bleeding through into you. Mm. It makes you feel very uncomfortable, and you don't know why you're, at the moment, you don't know why you're trying to help these other people in your room. Mm-hmm. 
So you can feel the influence taking over. Uh, well, I uh, hate the thing outside more, so I guess I shall push the stick away and start sliding the window open so I can thrust it out at him. Okay. It's going to try and reach in and grab you at that same moment. So we'll see how that... Nice. The water with the book. So uh, I am attempting, I guess, a brawl? Yeah. Yeah, not so good, friends. 96. Um, and he got a 16. So yeah. when you do that, he manages to grab your hand that the, the stone is in. Uh, Lunge. With, with a shake, that will go flying out the window. Out the window. Uh, Dr. Gabriel, you, you hit him with the the book yep um but is the wolfbane actually touching him or is it just in the book uh you hit him with it and he starts to jerk to sort of knock it out of your hand again uh, what are the rest of you doing really quick i'm trying to uh assist dr kurz and uh if if i see him losing, I'm I'm gonna try to aid, maybe catch the the stone as it falls out, or interdict it. Just wedge myself in between the wind open window and Doctor Kerr's, so that I'm right. there. And Gunter, I was going to grab part of the uh, Sedef car because I was thinking uh, it's uh, he's almost like a drug addict. Maybe if he sees it, he kind of loses focus. <laughs> Which part are you going to grab? Uh, I mean, I'd always go for the torso. It's my, it's my. It's the biggest, part. bulkiest part. Mm, I'm a big guy. Now I'd probably grab a leg. That's what I. The, the okay. leg that the the leg I've been carrying around also. <laughs> grab a leg. Which leg? Uh, I, you have the left. It's leg. been my I left leg. Yeah, leg. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I go for the left leg. And are you going to, what? What, just hold, hold it, it up so you can see it, but not, you know, be close to the window where okay. you could reach it. Um, so for you, he's growling as he's doing this. Uh, he's got a hold of Roland. Uh, Theodore, you're trying to wedge yourself in there, but you realize that your shoulder is coming to a position where he could latch onto it with his mouth if he wants to. Oh, okay. Well, all uh... Roland, your hand is grabbed with the stone in it. What do you do? Could you struggle? Do you do anything else? Uh, if he is tugging me toward him with the stone in, then I have leverage and I can press it into. Okay. Hold, uh, his grip and his arm, it's like you're being held by stone. So you can't yeah. really push or pull against him. Do you have the Memsahis? Can we cut his arm off? I have to, I would have to reach for it because I. Put it away to open the window. Okay. Why don't so. you do a brawl roll with that? Could I assist since I'm like right there? Like whatever. Yes. Kurs if you want to reach down and grab Kurz's knife. Yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to like just two people brawling one should be better. Okay. Hopefully. So take, uh, is that a bonus die then? Why don't, why don't you both roll luck? Whoever gets the higher luck will have pulled out the knife. Mm -hmm. 
I have a success. I am, I am exactly on luck. And I am, uh, let's see, 16 below. So I okay. definitely passed. So before Roland can pull it out, you reach down and pull it out. And in that moment, the blade itself kind of lights up blue. And uh, uh, Theodore, you feel like you know exactly what you want to do. You want to stab him with it. Oh, yeah. I want to slice yeah. his hand off. That's hurting my friend, Dr. Kurz. So go ahead. you ordinarily do. Go ahead and uh, roll roll a brawl. Brawl. 27. That's a hard. Boom. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, where do you want to hit him with it? Oh, he's kind of darn, half outside. So. Darn it. I, I need to spend two luck to make that. I'm sorry. That's too regular. So, okay. I'll, I need to do two to make it a hard to, to, okay, you don't need, you don't need to make it a hard. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, just, yeah. Where do you want to hit him in the arm? The, hand uh, the uh, yeah i want to basically it's his hand that's messing with my buddy dr kerr so i want to slice his hand off okay cut that wrist you you bring the knife down onto his skin and uh the blue the blue edge of the blade uh turns kind of like orangey red and you can feel it sort of slice right into his arm uh, at that same moment that it happens, he lets go of Roland. He's looking right at the knife and he screams in terror. Uh, you've cut almost completely through his arm as he pulls back outside. And you see that there, it's not healing. Yeah. And a look of absolute terror and hatred comes through his face he has seen that knife before he's seen people murdered with it obviously back when he was tilius uh so he immediately dives uh out of the out of view you don't know where he goes it almost looks like he falls off the train but you doubt that yeah <sighs> maybe we don't need a one stake after all and I, I, uh, I, I see immediately to uh, Doctor Curse's well-being and give him his knife back. Yeah, uh, and I sort of drop the stone in the handkerchief on the nearest bunk and look at my hand and see if it is burnt by that thing or not. As you've taken off the, as you've, as you've let go of the heart of hatred, the, the feeling's going away. You can feel the the sort of influence of it going away, but it is glowing quite brightly at this point. Hmm. We might been... actually be able to find him by using, using this as a beacon. Yeah. We should definitely press the attack, though. That's a moment. If he's 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 injured, and if we can get oh. to the foregone and destroy his box, no. if you are right that he is his soil is in the foregone, then yes, we have him frightened and weakened. Yeah, it stands to reason. Otherwise, I mean, that's all. That's all 
supposing that he does have a weakness to sunlight, because if he does, then in order to be traveling along with us, he needs to be somewhere really close, probably on board the train. Then let let us let us go. Right. Um. All right. So. Do we want to call it here or do we want to continue? Uh, I think uh, it's up to Dubrowski, I think. He's not feeling very well tonight. All right. I maybe call it here. This is like an hour. So we'll we'll say, well, I mean, uh, we can say that a number of hours have passed in waiting in your rooms and waiting for something to happen. And he attacks and then you, you wait. Um, so next episode will be Hunt for the Vampire. Okay, cool. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lipley, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the private, the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean. Support for our show is provided by our patrons who are uh, listed in the closing credits. If you would like to join them, please visit our Patreon page listed in the description, or you can use Super Thanks by hitting the button just below the screen. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm-hmm.